Welcome to the Focus on Christ podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. <laughs> and we're on a mission. To help you focus, focus on, on Christ. Christ. Wow. We just found our opening. <laughs> yeah. wow. Oh, wow. Um, well, guys. <laughs> they were saying it with you. As yeah, you. that's right. I, for anybody who's out there coaching us through what we're supposed to say, we appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, that would Thank be very much. Uh, for, for the others that haven't just immediately turned it off, oh, we no. really appreciate you. Yeah, and thank you uh, for staying with us. Um, you know, I, I think it's great for us to make mistakes, honestly, in part because I don't want the focus to be on me. That's no, the whole no, point no. of what we do. Um, but last time, you know, we talked about that verse in Isaiah 26, verse 3 and 4, um, where he, Isaiah says, God's going to give you peace. When you focus on him, when you mm -hmm. put your trust in him, trust in because him. he's our everlasting rock. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do think sometimes we put too much of our trust in ourselves and the things that we should do and that we need to do. And it kind of gives a segue into the verse that we want to use today. Now, do you, you want to read that for us, Jack? Uh, uh, John yes. 6, 29. Yeah, and you can read 28 first just to set it up too. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Notice the emphasis on do. What must we do to be doing the works of God? Before I read 29, uh, I think that the key of Christianity is found in a personal relationship with Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. And I think sometimes people's relationship to God is more in what they're doing mm. than in what they're being or what they're experiencing in, in their relationship with Christ. And uh, I think that's really, really key and uh, something that we really need to change if that's what we're doing. Because Jesus' answer is, are you ready for this? This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. Believe in him who he has sent. Work of God is faith in Christ. Belief. True, unadulterated, full belief in Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's that personal relationship. We need, you know, we need to trust in Christ, believe me. You know, I'm getting way, way older. Everything's changing, you know. You have to change with it. You have to go with it. You know, you have to know your limitations. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was talking to uh, the exalted preacher of Mount Gilead Christian Church yesterday. And he was talking how he was 61. And I said, uh, Jeff, 61, you're a pup. I said, you're just going into your best generation, man. You, you got all kinds of stuff before you. And then he said, yeah, but you know, I work out with Mike. Now, Mike's our guy behind the camera here. And I said, yeah, I did it for years. Thing is, I got to the place where I hit 70 and I could not keep up with my young friend Mike anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just very, very difficult. You couldn't keep of, up with your younger version I of you anymore. I couldn't keep up with my younger, or my <laughs> last month's version of me. But see, a younger person doesn't understand, uh, you know. Uh, I'll give you a, a, an, an for instance on this. Now this has to do with make sure you trust in God because you don't have the strength in and mm -hmm. of yourself. Uh, the old man who got up and decided, I'm going to go play catch with my grandkids. 
because I was a baseball player in my day, and I was a pitcher in my day, and I can show them a thing or two that really help them in their, their little league teams, you know. So he goes out and he pitches a full day. I mean, he just pitched and showed him his curveball and showed him his fastball and showed him all the tricks of the trade. The next morning, he couldn't get up. And uh, so basically, he panicked. He said, I can't move. I can't move. Call the prayer chain. Call the ambulance. <laughs> Call somebody. I can't get out of bed. He said, my back's out. My shoulder hurts. I, I can't uh, move my legs. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm horrible. I, I don't know what to do. And his wife said, well, it's because you tried to pitch baseball to your grandsons yesterday. That wasn't it. No, something's wrong with me. I think I'm paralyzed. Go get something to help me. Well, it was getting up and mm -hmm. doing something that his body wasn't really capable of doing anymore. And uh, that is us all the way through, not only physically, but spiritually. We are mm -hmm. not capable of keeping up with the works of God. Now, I think we need to be striving I think that we need to be um, behaving as we are, you know, living. And I think we need to live for Christ. And I think that all those things are so very, very important. But if you try to do those outside of your faith in the living God and that personal relationship that comes through that faith in Jesus Christ, then you're going to be in the same shape as that old man. You're going to fail and it's going to be miserable. You will be miserable because you just cannot do this on your own. You cannot do it to the degree that you even want to do it, much less that God wants you to do it. There's a huge burden that's lifted when you understand that it's not your job to earn your righteousness or to earn your place at the table with God. Um, Jesus is saying, hey, I've done the work. Your work is to believe that I've done it. Believe that I'm the one that he sent me. Believe what I'm telling you. Believe the things I've done. And you know, we were chuckling about this before we started because, you know, the day before this conversation, he fed 5,000. Did you know, all kinds of miracles. <laughs> and he walked on water. Calm the storm. Calm the storm. And and now here he is talking to them about, you know, what they need to do to believe. So I'm just going to read this because it's it's astounding for us today to look back, you know, with, of course, we've got the 2020 uh, retro vision, right? Well, before so, you, before you yeah. do read it, let me say this <laughs> sentence, and that is that it, it's so confusing I think in Christendom, mm -hmm. you know, different m mindsets and thought processes and doctrinal sta stances and theology and all of those kind of things to get the place of faith and works together uh, the way the scripture does. And what I would say very simply is that uh, the work of God, the reason he said is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ is that's how you get into the family. That's how your name gets into the book of life in heaven. But the works of heaven that we need to be doing here on earth come not to gain salvation, but because our name is written in that Lamb's book of life. Because it is, now you need to live like a citizen of heaven because that's what you are. Bible says that. Even though we're not living in heaven right now, we need to bring a little bit of heaven on earth through our lifestyle, through our 
holiness, through our purity, through our faithfulness, through those kinds of things, but not doing that in any way, shape, or form and try to gain a relationship with God or God's favor or anything like that. We can't do enough to get that. Right. But because we've been given that through our faith in Christ and through that relationship with him, then certainly we should be about his business and living like his child. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. No, 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 no. Well, it, it, what you're saying, too, strikes a, a chord with me because some some pastors I've heard have said that, you know, contemporary Christianity often becomes therapeutic, moralistic deism. Mm-hmm. And, and what they mean by that is, you know, God is sort of our answer for self-help. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and so we rely on God for us, us, us. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's yeah, all about boy. me. Fix me. Yeah. I got this problem. God, hey, fix this. Oh, oh, hey, I got that great job. God is good. You know, <laughs> hey, I beat my cancer. God is yeah, good. Yeah, everything's good down and, here. And, and the, the problem is, hey, God is good either way. If you didn't get the job, God is God good. God is good. Mm-hmm. Your, your son died. God is good. God is, is good. I, it, these are hard things to, to deal with, but God is good, period. It doesn't depend on my circumstances right. or what I, right. what I do. or Thank goodness. Right. It, it, it truly doesn't. Um, and, and so, but yeah, the whole idea of the works part becomes dangerous when our focus becomes moralistic because then, and we see this all the time, is we turn that outward. And, yeah, and then and, we start to compare how much better we are. Well, than that, we are. And, and we're also isolating people in, in our culture that we should be attracting to Jesus. Mount Gilead here has a thing that they say quite often. Matter of fact, all the time, I'm sure they talk about, you know, making sure that this is said so that people pick it up. But uh, you can come here and we'll accept you before you believe. We want you to believe. We want you to come to that belief, but you mm-hmm. can belong here with us. And then that'll bring you to believe. And, uh, and you'll hear people say that, you know, Jesus ex- accepts you. But they put a little caveat in there. Like, well, he doesn't accept you the way you are. Yeah. Um, he wants, like, he wants to change you. Well, he's going to change you. But the reality of it is, he sees something more than we do. Sure. Absolutely. It's, it's like when, when God Why said. Why would he have chosen the 12 he did, right? Absolutely. When God said to Samuel, when he's the talking prophet. to the prophet mm-hmm. Samuel, when he's telling him to pick out the anointed. The, yeah, David. The king, mm-hmm. right, which it's funny. We call David the anointed. We call Jesus the Messiah. Same word. <laughs> Same word. Same word. means well, yeah, uh, Hebrew word. You know, when, yeah. well, the word we translate Messiah, it means the anointed one or the one that God has chosen, yeah. basically. So, but he says about David, man looks at the outward appearance, not just what they look like, but, but you know, what they do, who they are, the things that you see, the visible stuff. Man looks at what they can see, but God looks at the heart. A modern-day illustration of that is Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tom Brady was um, picked, what, like 16 out of the 16 quarterbacks that were taken Mm -hmm. in round, last round or something. And he was second string. And he was second string, and he got in, and he, he did so well, he never got out. 
Right. But uh, one of the coaches, I saw a special on this. That's why I know a little bit of the issue because I'm not really a Patriot fan nor a Tom Brady fan. I was a Dolphin fan, so I never liked him. But now that he's retired, he's okay. <laughs> but uh, the coach said, you know, when they were asking all these coaches that passed on Tom Brady and took the guy that's now a shepherd in upper Washington somewhere and nobody's seen him forever, you know, when you've chosen that guy, Instead of Tom Brady, what he said was, listen to this. He said, well, if he, we could have cut open his chest and seen his heart, we all would have drafted him. We could have seen his heart. And that's kind of, that's kind of, isn't that a great example? So, yeah. you know, David, you know, if you could, it, it's not the outward appearance is to see into the spirit of his heart. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's a good. <laughs> that is beautiful. Okay. So I am going to read that next. Now verse. read it. <laughs> so, so this is after Jesus has told them, "Hey, uh, you need to believe in the one that He has sent." They answered, "Show us a miraculous sign if yeah. you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat." <laughs> then Jesus comes back. I tell you the truth. Um, the, the unspoken part there is y'all are stupid. I mean, <laughs> well, they wanted a magic trick with snacks. <laughs> I mean, you know, there are certain things that I, I just felt like he's saying that without saying it. I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. Yeah. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. And then he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. And he goes on. And, and the point that they're still going to miss is he's not talking about that temporary hunger or that temporary thirst. He's talking about that eternal hunger and eternal thirst that is satisfied once and for all when you digest yeah. him, when you take Jesus into your life and he becomes a part of who you are. Yeah. And once again, that's that personal relationship yeah. that you need. I mean, you can, you can fill your life with, with the deeds and the works and the, you know, the things that you think you have to do in order to be holy. And uh, really it's just loving him and serving him because mm -hmm. that's what we are. We're, we're, we're only servants, merely servants in the kingdom of God. Content with that. For real. Amen. Yeah. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than be a king in that earthly kingdom. That is a, Loose scripture. <laughs> no, that's, that's perfect. Well, if we haven't said it enough, <laughs> I mean, I feel like the scripture's telling us right here, um, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus and uh, believe in him. And that's the work that we need to do. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, uh, I have a little thing and a little note here that I'd written down. I uh, just wanted to read it kind of because I think it goes in with exactly what you're saying mm -hmm. right there. Uh, with God, down through the centuries, he, he was able, He is able, and He will always be able. I may be disabled, but He is able. I may be incapable, but He is able. 
And then there's a scripture, and we I've had this memorized because we used to sing a little song. Uh, maybe you remember this little song, but it's, I know who I have uh, believed and I have committed unto him against that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what, to keep what I've committed unto him, he doesn't keep what we haven't committed to him. What you give God, God takes. What God takes, God cleanses. What God cleanses, God fills. And what God fills, God uses. Mm-hmm. So when you, what you hand over to God never becomes a source of worry. What you hold on to and don't commit to God will always be an area of worry. Mm-hmm. So give it to God. Your finances, your business, your family, your church attendance, give it all to God. And then get rid of the worry. Get rid of the anxiety. And just live in faith and know that he's going to work through your life in a powerful way and give you peace. And that's what we talked about last time, Mm -hmm. peace that passes understanding. If you do fall into worry, which we all will from time to time, I mean, I don't don't care how close you are to Jesus or how much he's filling your life. I mean, we still got this flesh that we're stuck in until we die. Okay. And you have a job because. Right. Well, yeah, you got bills to pay. There's things that can drive these temporary worries. But no, my, my point is don't beat yourself up about worry. Jesus tells his disciples 11 times that we have recorded, do not worry. Um, now, every sermon you ever hear about that, they, they talk about worry and how bad it is. And I get it. I, I get it. But here's my point. These guys are with him 24-7 for at least three years. They've seen all the stuff, you know, they've He's fed the 5,000. He's walked on water. He's healed the lame. He's raised the dead. What are you worried about? If those guys can worry, what makes us think that we're immune to that? It, there must it, have been little mosquitoes in the it, garden. It, that it must have been, you know? <laughs> I mean, but, 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 but seriously, if the people who are with Jesus full-time in the flesh have worries... It's well, the nature I mean, of humanity. Yeah, it's our nature. Now, that being said, don't persist in your worry. And this is what I want to encourage you with, not beat you up with or, you know, or even really challenge you with, but just encourage you with, um, because I do this. I mean, I have worries daily. Um, you know, when, when Paul talks in Galatians about being anxious for nothing and everything through prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. When he's talking about that, he's not talking about a one-time thing. Hey, just pray once and your worries will be done. No, that's like every day when you deal with that stuff. So here's the thing that I want to encourage you with. When you catch yourself worrying, because sometimes you don't, it's not like, it's like, oh, okay, I'm worrying right now. I'm worrying. No, no, you're halfway into it. You've been dwelling on it for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. When you catch yourself worrying, try to turn that worry into a prayer. Turn it over to God. He wants it. You know, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. I actually had a personal experience with this this past week. Um, really getting a little worried. I mean, it just really hit me kind of bad. I don't want to go too far into the story, but I take a medication that is very popular these days and it's not always available. But it's a very important medication for me because it, you know, it keeps my blood sugar where it's supposed to be 
you know, so that I'm not. He's looking at me kind of well, that's funny because, because you were part of my illustration. Yeah. And so <laughs> I, I, Keep going. I, I know I, I want to tell. So I, I was really kind of worried and I called, you know, the um, um, pharmacy, the pharmacy yeah. and all got a recording. Uh, oh, you need to come in and talk to the pharmacist and all this about your medication. And they didn't fill it twice that I'd called mm. in this time. And so I don't abuse my friendship with my doctor. And so I texted him on a Friday. And I always go through his nurse because she is going to get it done quicker and better anyway. And no offense. It's true, right? It's true. <laughs> it's true. These kinds of things. Yeah. No, it's And uh, true. so I get his nurse's voicemail. And this is Friday. And I need my medication. And she's out of town on vacation. And so now that didn't help my worry too much. Mm -hmm. So I'm going, oh gosh. And that, that's when I texted you. I, I called your office first to get Lisa and then I didn't get her. She's not going to be in town until next Tuesday. So then I texted the doctor. And uh, the doctor with his calm demeanor just wrote this very calm text. Oh, don't worry about it. We'll check it out and we'll get it done when Lisa comes in next Tuesday and you'll get your medication before next Friday when you need to take it. And it just went, oh, it's okay. That's an earthly illustration sure. of we're sick and we're in right. need and we have no way of getting it and we've tried everything we have to go to do it. And so if you go to the person that has the power and the authority and the control and just give it to him, he'll calm your nerves, he'll calm your fear, he'll take away your, your worry and he'll give in the place of it peace that passes understanding. And so I didn't worry. And then lo and behold, after all that worrying and all that texting and all that calling, I get a call from the pharmacist. Hey, we have your medication and we found this receipt and it was $150 less than I normally pay. So, oh. <laughs> so the good news was if I just left it alone, and the best news about all best that news of all is, of that was I saved one hundred fifty dollars. Well, that's that's his best news. Best news about all of that for me is I didn't have to do and anything. You didn't have to do anything. So I said, never mind. All of that, never mind. Oh, Why did shoot. I worry? But, yeah, involve well, how, you. Well, how many times though? How many times though? When we worry, it does amount to nothing. To nothing. You and know? all that worry and all that yeah. fiddling around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At, well, and, and even if it turns out in a bad way, not the way we want, God has a way of making yeah. it work out. I'm telling you what, I, I never, I, I, I really have, have not felt so refreshed in such a long time. Uh, not that I've been through like some big super struggle or anything, but, but I've not felt so refreshed as I did when I tapped on that Bible Gateway app and opened Got up that verse, verse of the yeah. day. We, we talked about that in our last episode, but just the word of God that I needed in that moment to calm my heart and bring me peace and set my focus right because I was trapped in this worry that wouldn't let me sleep and God answered it with his word um, in just a simple and beautiful way so yeah our work 
Our work is not to fuss and worry. It's just turn it over to God and believe in Him. Amen. Well, guys, I think we're done. I think so. Yeah. I, I, I paused for a second because Jack <laughs> Jack's looking at the Bible. I could go on, but now we're done. You just don't know what's coming there. Well, so, I just didn't want to add to it because no. I think you wrapped it up well. So yeah. I can be quiet. If it's that important, go right No, no, no. Thanks for watching, guys, and thanks for listening. We love you. We'll look forward to seeing you next time.